Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. It's like book club, but for board <laughs> games. Well, now I have to do it again because you left. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Kiwi, and with me is BP. Hello. And Paxton. Hi. <laughs> This week, we are playing Crash Octopus, designed by Noataka Shimamoto of Tokyo Highway and Moonbase, and the artist is Yoshiaki Tomioka, also of Tokyo Highway and Moonbase, and it was published this year, 2021, by Itten Games in Japan. So the game description, there were rumors among us sailors, rumors of a monster deep in the ocean, but we thought nothing could frighten us brave sailors until that moment came, looking at everything that was thrown into the water. We couldn't believe our eyes when we saw it, a gigantic octopus brute. That was the true identity of the monster. We were about to lose heart, but our sailor's pride held us back. To tell you the truth, we just couldn't let go of the treasure we held so dear. So what did we do then? We took up the flagpoles and... Eh? How do we collect the treasures with mere flags? And then there's an additional quote that says, We lost our way and sailed into a nightmare. All our cargo was thrown overboard, and now we must save that precious cargo as well as our captain and escape from the raging gigantic octopus from the deep. Mechanics are dice rolling, flicking, and push your luck. And the box art... Ooh, I forgot to... Right. You said there was writing all over it, and I was like, oh, there is? Our box is way over there on the other side of the table. Yeah. There we go. So there we go. Definitely a pink octopus. Yeah, big, big pink octopus, like, with tentacles all covering the box. And it's got some very, like, anime-esque look to it. Um, and it says, super flicking game, crash octopus. And then I'm guessing that's Japanese for super flicking game, crash octopus, directly below it. Uh, so, Paxton, would you pick this up off a shelf? Yeah, because it looks ridiculous. Okay. I'm, I like ridiculous things. It looks whimsical. So, yes, it looks very fun. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really done... I was trying to think if we had played any uh, dexterity games. I don't think we really have. Um, and I had heard good things about this one. So, I picked it up off of Kickstarter, as I do. So, yes, I would also pick it up. It does look fun. It looks interesting. Uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see how we'll it goes. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, so, Paxton and BP, how do you think we're going to play this game? Looking at it here on the table. and Well, there's flicking involved. Okay. Wait, what's the thing? Okay, we need to, we want to collect our treasures. Yep. With mere flags. And obviously, we don't want to get killed. Killed or keeled, that both would be bad. Yeah. I'm assuming some of these little things are our treasures we're supposed okay. to be picking up. Okay. Okay. So it's a flicking game. Yep. We've got to flick something at our treasure. I don't know. We flick something at the treasure. Okay. Um, dice rolling. Maybe you can only flick so much based on what you roll on the dice and you can push your luck by being like, okay, I'm going to roll again. And if you go too far, then snatch tentacles all around mm. you. Okay. Paxton, anything to add? No. No. You think she's right? No. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, 
<laughs> I, that leads us into BP, history of giant octopi, cephalopods. Well, yeah. So oh, Wait, is an octopus a cephalopod? I'm pretty sure. Eric's not here. He's oh, yeah, the biologist. Oh, yeah. All right, I'm an historian. Octopi are just cool. Sure. Um, okay. So uh, I was given sailors treasure an octopus. Um, and we have talked about pirates of many, many times before. Um, we've also already talked about Jules Verne, mm-hmm. right? And 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which... What was it Deep Sea Adventure? Is that what we talked about? That I one? think so. Yeah. Which obviously, right? The the octopus. Um, so I kind of was thinking about all of that and realized that there's a couple things in thinking about kind of literary uh, material that really this is what reminds me of in both the kind of late 19th and early 20th century. I, I feel like is when many of these types of ideas came to us and were written, right? That kind of sci-fi adventure novels uh, were written. And especially because this is also about the same time especially in Western civilization that like the Boy Scouts were created. The whole idea of adventure, scouting, imperialism were all really tied together. Um, and so kind of out of that, uh, you do have the book Treasure Island, uh, which was written in the eight, early 1880s as a uh, type of buccaneers and uh, buried gold and kind of this you know, idea of adventure, um, kind of betrayal, you know, your standard kind of pirate seeking treasure ideas uh, from Stevenson, who was a Scot who had actually started writing it, wrote it really quickly uh, after coming back from North America, from a trip to North America. So kind of interesting. Obviously, you know, it brings to mind that kind of adventure And then the idea of now that I'm seeing it and putting it together with all of this octopus and again in seeing and thinking about how these periods still seem to come up in our popular games. Uh, One very popular sea creature that comes up in many game material. Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. I was going to say Kraken, but. Yeah, Cthulhu, uh, which, of course, written in the early 20th century by H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. So um, obviously that idea, again, of kind of at least adventure seeking, um, you know, the kind of unobtainable, so to speak, and being swallowed up. So let's hope instead we find adventure and treasure and not Cthulhu in this game. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, this just really reminds me of uh, how really that 19th and early 20th century kind of popular culture is still very popular in the early 21st century, hundreds of years later. I looked it up. So a cephalopod is any member of the molluscan class cephalopoda, such as a squid, octopus, cuttlefish, or nautilus. These exclusively marine animals are characterized by bilateral body symmetry, a prominent head, and a set of arms or tentacles modified from the primitive primitive molluscan foot. Hmm. Okay. Thanks, Wikipedia. Yep. Okay. So, we are each valiant sailors determined to collect the treasures scattered across the ocean by skillfully flicking them with flags. Ah. We're racing to collect four types of treasure and the captain. 
all while hindering rival sailors by making use of attacks from the giant octopus. The game ends if the octo counter, which is on the edge of the board here, uh, reaches the end or if a player has collected all four treasures and the captain. Who's the captain? Uh, so the captain is actually all the uh, like peach colored uh, people uh, there. So there's actually four captains. Yes, because yeah. I guess there's a captain. We're sailors on different vessels, right. not on the same vessel. So right. we each have our own captain. Uh, so yeah, we the little person uh, with his arms raised up is the captain. The gold kind of glasses, I guess, those are goblets. The uh, long uh, gold bar is gold. The blue cubes are gems. And the brown kind of thicker oblong rectangles are uh, chests. I'm assuming of more gold and beads and such. Okay. So uh, the first player is the one who most recently encountered an octopus. Does octonauts count? Because there's a bunch of those in there. That is probably the most recent encounter of an octopus. I feel like the last time I encountered an octopus was at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and that was years ago. It was almost 10 years ago. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So it's been a while since I've encountered an octopus. I saw one on my fifth grade field trip to the uh, to the car, uh, tadpoles. It's a very tiny one. Might have been a squid, but I did That's still a cephalopod. So that's probably it. So you probably still first. All right, so Paxton, you get to go first. Okay, so on your turn, you can choose one of two actions. You can flick a treasure or you can navigate. So if you flick a treasure, players will flick one of the treasures in the ocean area, and the ocean area is everything inside the, the string, um, using their flag. If it hits your ship, you can load it onto your ship. The anchor piece does not count as part of your ship. You cannot flick the treasure that is closest to your ship and you cannot flick treasure that is already loaded onto your ship. You may hit other treasures or use the octopus arms and head to deflect the treasures. You may not hit the treasures in such a way that they purposely move the head or arms, though. If treasures fall off your ship after being hit, you may load the treasure just hit, but you lose the other treasures. Uh, and you may restack and stabilize treasure already on your ship when you load new treasure. Uh, if a player successfully loads a treasure during their turn, the octo counter, which is this uh, cool looking crab meeple, is going to get moved up along the track. And if it crosses a black bead, then what we're going to the uh, the octopus attacks. So wow. each player, starting with the next player, is going to drop the octo die on top of the octopus head. And depending on where you drop it, you can try and aim it at other people. Uh, when you uh, do the attack, if it successfully hits somebody's ship, the attack was successful and you do nothing else. If treasures get knocked off, they get knocked off and that player loses those treasures. If it doesn't hit a ship, then depending on what gets uh, rolled. So on this dice, there are blank sides and then there are sides with a big pink dot. So if it is a blank side, you can move any tentacle on the board to be adjacent to wherever the die landed. If you roll the pink dot, you can move the octopus head wherever adjacent to wherever the dice landed. If the dice goes outside the play area, you don't get to do anything. Okay, so that's the, the octopus attacks. All right, so your second option is navigate. So instead of flicking a treasure, you can flip flick your anchor instead and then move your ship to be adjacent to its new, new location. If it goes out of the ocean area, the navigation is unsuccessful and you just return it adjacent to your ship. 
Uh, it doesn't have to be the same location that it started. Uh, and if it knocks treasure off another player's ship, they may, they may reload it. And if it knocks treasure into your own ship, you cannot load it. So basically when you navigate, you can't pick up treasure or knock off somebody else's treasure. Once a player has collected the four treasure types and the captain, the game ends. Or if the octo counter reaches the end of the game, end of the end of the row, uh, the game ends. If a player has collected the treasures, captain, uh, and the octo counter crosses a black deed, there is still uh, an octopus attack, which could knock off treasures and thus the game continues. If the game ends by octo counter, the tiebreaker is a hierarchy of treasures. So basically it starts with uh, whoever has the captain, then the goblet, then the gold, then the gem, then the chest. Could I take multiple captains to mess with you guys? No, because once you uh, once you load a treasure onto your boat, you can't hit that treasure anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and those are all the rules. Let's flick. All right, we just finished a game of Crash Octopus. Uh, BP and Paxton both gathered three treasures and saved their captain, and... Kiwi, I won by getting all four treasures and a sweet shot with my captain and there's, survived the octopus attack. There's five treasures, so you have all five treasures. We have four treasures. Yeah, I didn't really consider the captain a treasure. Paxton, did you have a strategy? No. No? I mean, I mean kind of. What was it? Just move so one thing that I didn't need that I already had was closest to me and the bunch of the other things that I didn't need were close, but not too close to be the closest. And I'd just take those and then when I had them, I'd move to the next one. Makes sense. Yeah. BP? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, I don't really have a strategy either. I feel like I just I, I kind of went for the treasure that made the most sense. Mm -hmm. And then once I got a treasure that was super, super close. I think the same thing happened to Paxton too, where you end up with a treasure that's super close and then you can kind of just sort of play around mm -hmm. with that. Uh, and I feel like it opens it opens the game up. I got stuck because my tent, my anchor was in between a tentacle and, a, and my ship. So I couldn't risk trying to push it out. So, but I think it, it worked out for me. Well, obviously you won. Uh, Theme-wise, <laughs> Paxton, what did you think of the theme? That was an octopus. Okay. Did you feel like you were trying to retrieve treasure and avoid an octopus? I mean, yeah. There you go. Okay. BP? <laughs> yeah. I think it carried the whimsy of it. And uh, yeah, we'll get to the mechanics, but I feel like the dexterity helped with that, I think, to a certain extent. Yeah, I definitely felt like I was collecting things that yeah. the octopus was making it harder. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think the theme was, I think the theme was good. Uh, table presence, BP. I mean, it is super cute um, with all the little bits, the tentacles, the head that's just, you know, a little half cone. And yeah, super cute. Yeah, I, I, I feel like if I saw this on a table, I, I feel like my thing with dexterity games is like I, I always feel like I'm not dexterous enough mm -hmm. in order to play them. Um, and so I've sort of not looked super hard into some of them. Um but I feel like if I saw this on a table, I would definitely at least stop and look and be like, oh, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. People like moving all over the table, trying to get, you know, into places and then watching the, the dice drop on the octopus head. I feel like it's got some fun table presence. Paxton, what do you think about? 
I mean, it looks kind of weird, so yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's nothing I've... Uh, every other game has, like, been on a board or something now. Yeah. A rope circle with beads on it. Yeah. Me. Exactly. Yeah, definitely different. So... And I feel like, you know, when it comes from, like, a sustainable standpoint, you know, with paper and cardboard oh, yeah. and printing ink, like, you don't really see that here. You could put it this in, like, one of those, like, smaller drawstring rags and just take it with you and not have, like, the huge box. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, it's I agree. small enough, especially with the rope. Yeah, and you mentioned boards and stuff. So when we talk table presents, sometimes, like, art is a thing that we'll talk about. There really isn't any art here. So it really is, like, just all the pieces on the board mm-hmm. for sure. Um, mechanics, BP, you just brought up. Yeah, I think the dexterity element helps bring the theme into it because, again, um, the collecting is more than just like, you know, going around and getting a set collection, say, of cards, right? With card drafting. Like, I feel like the dexterity of flicking um, and flicking your little flag to try to, right? Like, Again, like the flick football that you play right as a little kid um, really adds to that element of trying to, to get everything onto the ship. Yeah, I think what I liked about this and, you know, I think some of the complaints I've seen. So like uh, Ice Cool is probably like one of the famous, not famous, but like one of probably one of the more well-known dexterity games. Mm-hmm. That they're like. You know, it's like weeble wobbles are weighted on the bottom so they can't fall down. Mm-hmm. They're penguins and you're like trying to get them through doorways and all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're actually flicking with your finger. So like the complaint uh, is, is like your finger starts hurts. to hurt depending on like how hard and stuff you're flicking. I feel like with these little flags, you don't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like there's also like an element of, you know, I have bigger, probably stronger hands mm-hmm. so I can flick harder. Like I, I feel like that doesn't translate mm-hmm. as much into the paper because there were, de- but there were definitely times where like, if you catch the table, you can get that extra flick at the end and push it super hard and do what I did the first like two or three times and just knock everything else on my ship off, mm-hmm. uh, which then messed up my turns. So Paxton, what did you think about the dexterity piece? It's more fun than cards. Okay. So would you want to try more dexterity games because of that? Probably. Uh, how was it to learn the game, rules-wise? Easy. Yeah, I feel like yeah, pretty straightforward. You guys picked it up pretty straight, pretty pretty quick. The the rule book itself is like super well laid out. Um, it's it's actually a different orientation than I'm used to because mm. usually, and I, I'm wondering if it's because you know it's coming from Japan, mm-hmm. but instead of opening uh, right to left, it opens like bottom to top. Mm-hmm. So it definitely changes the way, and then. That kind of like whimsical, like anime poster art ish, like it goes through the whole thing. There's good examples. I, I feel like, I think my only complaint is is um, sometimes it can be hard to find like little things. Like mm-hmm. so, BP, you had a piece that was right up against the string, and I was like, ooh, I remember reading that, but then trying to go back and find it, it took me a little bit because it was like a little like catch them like notes section at the mm-hmm. end of like somewhere else. So. I think that was my only complaint about the rule book, and that was pretty minor. Um, player interaction. Paxton, do you feel like you were interacting with us? Yeah. Why? I just loves. Oh, okay. Okay. BP? Um, I mean, kind of. In There's almost, you know, like, you kind of want to knock somebody else out. But more importantly, I feel like, I mean, you kind of, 
it just, it goes so fast, but I really didn't care where you guys were unless like, again, like towards the end, you're, you know, wanting to knock people out. Yeah. I think the only time I saw, because since you can only hit somebody's stuff with the octopus attack, mm-hmm. like, I think that changes it up a little bit. I think if you could knock treasures into other people's ships and knock things off like that might, uh, make it a little bit more mean. So I think mm-hmm. them limiting how where you could knock stuff out, it does limit the interaction a little bit, except for those times where you pass the black beads on the octo counter. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only time I really saw it in terms of like treasures was Paxson had two uh, treasure chests. They were pretty much equidistant. So we could mm-hmm. pick one or the other, but BP took one, mm-hmm. which meant that that, the treasure chest that was left was now the closest one to his ship and he couldn't take that one. So, so I lost. That is true. You didn't get a chance to hit that one. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that's why you lost. Yeah. You're dead one. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I think I agree. I feel like it was minimal a little bit because I didn't really care where you guys were at since I right. really didn't attack you directly. Yeah. Which I think was okay for a game that's supposed to be this whimsical. Um, so the question of the podcast, BP, would you play it again? I would. It's cute. It's fast. Um, I felt like I was kind of playing pool a little bit. So yeah, I think it's just, it's a fun little different styled game. I think it would be fun to bring a fourth player in, might add even a little bit more chaos to it as well. So yeah. yeah. Uh, Paxton. Yes. Why would you play it again? It was fun. What was most fun about it, do you think? Flicking all the things. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely would as well. I'm glad I, I backed it. I feel like the speed of it, the you know, using the flags to flick. I like the table presence. It was super quick to set up. Pax and I did it in like five less than five minutes. Mm-hmm. And then playing it, I feel like we talked about it longer than we actually played the game. So yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, that is Crash Octopus. So if you have any recommendations of games you would like to hear our impressions on, uh, just send them our way. You can do so uh, via email. We are located at firstturntabletop at gmail.com or Twitter and Instagram at firstturncast. So where's the podcasting camel today? I love that I yeah, like I always the, get the... to I always get to place the podcasting camel. Okay, poor podcasting camel has gotten trapped by one of the tentacles, and and just as he's getting ready, he's just he's lifting up for the captain who's up on the boat, and he says, "Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on all your favorite podcatchers." We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. Now, I mean, sharing is caring. Sure, except when you're playing a competitive game. I had to stop for a second because I didn't change the show notes and it still said, I'm Eric. And I'm like, I am not Eric.
I guess people do that. They're like, oh, you're the treasure of my life. Um, I'm glad that got recorded, but. Octopus attack.